Hello and welcome to a new episode of Doctrine and Doxology. We are glad that you are here with us, whether it is your first time or your repeat offense. Welcome <laughs> back. And we hope that this episode serves as a catalyst for you as you think about the truths of God and today as they relate to us. There you go. Well, they always relate to us. Yes. I guess more so uh, truths about God, but also truths about human nature. You know, I'm, I'm glad to be back. You know, I thought something was curious. Every time you welcome people to the podcast, it's the same welcome. It's so, almost identical every time. I'm not creative. I don't know what to say. Oh, okay. What do you want me to say? No, I, th- I thought that was good. I, I just noticed that it's, we could have had that on tape. What would you say? Well, <laughs> welcome, and uh, we're glad you're joining us. Well, that sounds awfully familiar. Okay. Is that I, what I you mean, said? I, I, I'm not a, I don't, yeah. I don't welcome things. I welcome listeners. These with, are old, these are friends from way past. With consistency. With consistency. Yeah. They're either new friends or old friends or occasional friends. Or n- new friends that we haven't met yet that are listening. There you go. Those exist. Either way, you're a friend. Probably. And we're glad we're here. You're a friend. I'm glad we're here. Second week in a row. Wow. I'm getting excited about that. Wow, yeah. So we're going to continue through the holiday. Did I, did I throw you? Did I, I throw that question out there too early? I haven't uh, been able to think that far ahead. Oh, okay. So I don't know. I can't make I, any promises. I'll probably be in town. Yeah, but I don't know. To be determined. To be is determined the later. To okay. That. Yeah. To be determined. So today we are moving away from the doctrine of God. Yes, or the, we are. The study of God specifically. We can't really move away from that. Can't uh, move away from God, can you? Right. So we're, we're going to go away from that specific area, that specific discipline. And now we're coming into the doctrine of humanity. Man. Doctrine of man. Doctrine of mankind. And so... Um, what do we have to talk about when it comes to the doctrine of mankind? Well, aren't you we glad a, I asked? I am. There's several questions that are posed in our uh, book, Systematic Theology by Grudem. And uh, is this like our standard textbook or something? Why don't the, we consult others? There's there's lots of others. I only have one book. Oh, so I don't consult the book at all, actually. You've read it before, haven't you? Not cover to cover. Oh, okay. Have you? Parts of it. So not cover to cover? <laughs> not, cover to, no, not cover to cover, but parts of it I have read thoroughly and repeatedly. Well, it is a good resource. It is so. a very good, and it's an easy read, what, and I need that. What are the questions posed to us? Well, the first question he does ask is why. Why? Why? Did he create man? Who grew him? Why did God create man? Mm. Have you ever wondered that? I mean, I have actually, you know, because you know we're a sinful lot, especially when you when you go through the first part of Genesis and you come to a certain point where all humanity except for Noah is wiped out. 
it makes me ponder that question. Why? Because I know myself, I'm a sinner. And if it hadn't been for the grace of God, I would be a lost man. Evil. I would need to be destroyed in a flood. Um, one of the old confessions. Uh, just a second. Okay, he's he's computerizing this thing. But we know that God didn't need us. He doesn't need to create man to make him happy. But yet, he created us for a specific reason. You want me to give it while you're looking up? Yeah. He created us for his own glory. And then he has several uh, well, yeah. scriptures that indicate that. Uh, Ephesians 1, 11, and 12. And Isaiah 53, I'm sorry, 43, 7. It says, God created us for his glory. I um, I was wanting to double check my language here. I had these books. Had, past tense. And then the fire ate them. Yeah. Uh, but the first question to the Westminster Catechism, uh, what is the chief end of man? Okay, okay. Answer. To glorify God and to and to enjoy Him forever. Yeah. So why did God create man for His glory? For His glory. And for us to enjoy Him forever. And for us to enjoy, yeah. I like that answer. So the answer is there. Why did God create us? Well, we know that it's not because He needed us. Correct. Nothing about... Um, God making anything in creation was out of need. You would assume God has no needs. Yeah, we don't even we don't have to assume. We know God yeah. has no needs. He's self-sustaining. We covered that. Yeah, he's self-sustaining, independent, uh, has no needs, and so he didn't create us out of loneliness or he needed a friend yeah or needed his ego bolstered or anything like that i agree he created us out of his own pleasure yeah, it was his will to do it yeah and it it brought him pleasure it satisfied him and it it brought him joy to do so it's part of who he is he's the he's the creator and so he creates us and specifically i think we'll talk about it in a minute Creates us in his image. Yes, we and will. That, that's kind of the whole key here. And God enjoyed doing that. He did it for his glory, did it for our um, enjoyment of him. Well, the second question Grudem poses here is, what is our purpose in life? To enjoy him forever. Next question. <laughs> well, to bring him glory. Too. And enjoy him forever. To bring him glory and enjoy him forever. You know, John Piper would tell us those are the same. Our enjoyment of him brings him glory. And I think that's true. And bringing him glory gives us joy. Should. Yes. <laughs> I kind of had a that one sub question there. How, how do we do that? Enjoy Let's him? do application. How how do we bring him glory? By enjoying him. Next question. So do we not bring him glory by walking in obedience, for instance? Yes. 
and do we not bring him glory by letting others know of his great love? Yes. <laughs> I don't know what you want from me. I, I don't know, but I think there's some, um, it's like, how do you live a godly life? There's principles we follow. There's, there's, uh, uh, what, I don't remember the word for it. Disciplines, that's it. There's disciplines we do to help us walk the Christian walk. So there should be examples of how we bring glory to God. I would argue that most people probably know those ways, don't you think? I mean, at least Christians. Yeah, but this is like radio. And on radio, you kind of need to explain things. In a little more detail. Well, I think the issue is not knowing. It's not an issue of knowing or not knowing how to glorify God. I think it's more of an issue that we don't think about the glory of God on a regular basis. Okay. We're more self-focused. We're more self-consumed. What what event has to happen in our lives for us to think of the glory of God? Salvation. That's a good one. Salvation. Next question. How about... Are there any others? I mean, I mean, when I when I look at a sunset, I I am amazed by God's awesomeness. Or when I look at a a flower, even a small one, in its detail and its color and its brilliance, when's I'm the last time you did God. that? When's the last time you did that? Uh, well, this is December, uh-huh. and most of the flowers are gone. Well, um, but I would say yesterday. So I I guess I mean uh, when you're saved you gain an awareness and should gain an increasing concern for the glory of God uh, on a regular basis as a Christian every time you gather with the church to worship you should be concerned about the glory of God sure those sure. are events that should cause one to think about the glory of God your increased knowledge of Scripture as it reveals to us who God is right. Right. should increase our concern or understanding or awareness of the glory of God. Uh, really, I mean, just as we're sanctified, so those things that would sanctify us, the disciplines, those things that would expose us to the truth of God, uh, whether that's preaching or Bible studies or small groups or reading Christian literature, whatever those things may be, as those things rise up and as our flesh then decreases, we should be more aware of and mindful of glorifying God with our lives. Yeah. So, yeah. so I don't know that it's just an, an issue so much of how people know that they should obey God right, and the Bible. Right. I think it's just an issue that it's not as much of a priority in our lives because we're thinking about the things that we want to think about that pertain to our own lives. Because we're selfish. Yeah, that's and we're prideful, and that's that's the wrestling of the flesh that takes place in our hearts. And how about when when you hear a congregation lifting up with one voice, praise to God? Yeah, Is we, that does not point to the glory of God. We spent a long time talking about that in small group this last week. Yeah, yeah, that was a good chapter. It was, but we were focusing mainly on the voices aspect of singing yeah. in this part of the discussion and how there's, it's my, my belief that there's more power 
in the human voice praising God and hearing human voices praising God yes. than instruments. Yes, instruments can only sound good and move our emotion, but unless you know the words that go with the melody, they're empty, they're yeah. void. They're to be, uh, somebody in our group said, they're to be tools or aids to help us lift our voices to God. Right. And yeah, so, I just, I recently read where David brought the ark into the Jerusalem. Mm-hmm how he assigned certain people to play the harp, certain people to sing praises, certain people to sound the cymbals. Uh, The instruments were there to help, but they were definitely not going to replace the voices of the people Yeah, uh, lifting up praise. Yeah. So I'm not saying there's anything wrong with instruments as long as they spur us on to greater singing so you wouldn't be in favor of an instrumental that no one knows the words to no <laughs> no i wouldn't either unless it's before or after service out in the alley <laughs> i don't know how we got on that um oh we're talking about things that make us think of the glory of god yeah because that's the purpose for which we're created yeah yeah recently heard a five-year-old child reciting our closing scripture Yep. She can't even read. Yep. But she can recite it. Because she hears it. She's heard it often week. enough that she, she can just beller it out. Yep. That's a, that makes me uh, glorify God. Well, I wonder how many how many of, of church-going people do you think show up on a Sunday morning with an absolute concern for the glory of God as they worship? Do you think that is foremost on people's minds? That would be probably there, but somewhere down the line. Uh, you don't. Wh- you don't think it's the highest priority. No, I. I think there are several reasons that I come to church, mm-hmm. and I think for the glory of God should be number one. Yes. Uh, and since we did that in our small group, the the chapter you're talking about, it made me rethink why I come to church. I mean, I come to church for a plethora of reasons. One is to be conformed to the likeness of Christ by the preaching of God's Word. Mm-hmm. And one is to fellowship with my brothers and sisters who I love very, 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 very much. Yes. And then the other reason is to, with a united voice, as the people get together, to bring praise to God. Yes. And so I have determined in my in my mind, that the main reason I want to come is to collectively, with my brothers and sisters, glorify God. Yeah. So worship should really be one of the foremost things, regular things in the lives of Christians that make them mindful of the glory of God. Yeah. And that ought to be not just Sunday morning, of course. That should be an ongoing, we should worship God every day. Yes. Uh, the, but the second thing there, if if we're going to talk about why we're created and we're going to... What's gonna, our purpose? Yeah, we're going to kind of quote the Westminster Shorter Catechism there. Uh, what does it mean to enjoy God? How does one enjoy God? Very good question. I say that so I can 
form my thinking? Hmm. Why does one enjoy? How does one? Not why, yeah, how. How does one enjoy God? I think it's to be aware of God's presence in you and around you. Does that, you're kind of looking at me like, meh, not the answer I I was looking for. I need more. I need more concrete things. How do I enjoy God? Uh, There's a plethora of things. Let me use that word again. Just being aware, though, I mean, you might be aware of God's presence and conviction or discipline. Yes, yes. And... There may not be a whole lot of enjoyment going on there. True, true. I I enjoy God as I study His Word. Okay. I just I'm amazed by Him daily as as I read through Scripture. He takes my breath away, if you want to call it that. And as it's true enjoyment. Who sang that song, Whitney Houston? I have no clue. Take my breath away. We could we could sing a version of it. No, I don't want okay. To, I don't want to. But um, but that and also when when I fellowship with a brother or sister, I I feel his awareness. It's it's those things that make us just almost burst with gratitude to God. I think. Okay. I mean, we just well up with just thanksgiving. Oh yeah, because th- we know that this is good and this comes from, from God. I I think about it. I think for me the the most natural, or perhaps easiest way that I understand enjoying God, and I have to be careful not to conflate these two things or or mix them up in terms of priority. But I enjoy God by enjoying His creation. Okay. And and that can be anything from a good meal with brothers and sisters. It makes me just so thankful to the goodness of yeah. God. Um, Coming home, being attacked by your children. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I can't tell you the last time this didn't happen. But when I go to bed, I'm just, and my girls are going to bed and, and they're asleep. I'm just so thankful to God. I'm so yeah. overwhelmed by God's goodness. Uh, and that is a way that I'm enjoying him. He is lavishing right. his right. kindness on me. But there's also more to it than that. Absolutely, because there needs to be some more personal, relational aspect involved. Yeah. Where you enjoy God, not just for the things that he gives or does, sure, but sure. for who he is. And I, I enjoy him as, as I go to him in prayer. Yeah, I mean, he has allowed the King of the Universe, the Creator of all things, has allowed me just to step into His presence. Not only allowed me, but invited me to come in. Yeah, and I know I'm not going in on my own merit. I'm not going in because I'm a good person. I'm going in clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Right. So He has prepared a way for me to have access to Him, and that makes me overflow with joy. Yeah. I- I'm sure you know what I'm talking about when I say there's sometimes in prayer when you are so satisfied just in the presence of God that you're just filled with calmness and peace and contentment 
that you just sense that I could I could rest here forever and ever right. and ever. And it's it's somewhat unexplainable and yet undeniable. Right. And I'm not saying that's what it's like for me every time I I'm in prayer with God or right. in his word. Exactly. But there are times when he has so graciously made himself available. Yeah, or maybe made my awareness of him uh, more in tune. Yeah. That it's just this is there's this overwhelming and overriding sense of this is where I'm supposed to be. Exactly. Yeah. And that I'm at my fullness. I'm I'm most complete when I'm right here with God. I think sometimes catastrophe in your life drives you to that point. Uh, Can uh, when I've experienced a death in the family. Uh, where I have nowhere else to turn but to God, then I I feel like he holds me in a warm, loving, caring, comforting embrace. And I believe that's where he wants us to live 24-7, not just yeah. when we're driven there because we're uh, having turmoil in our hearts. Was it you that had an old friend who uh, his wife passed away? Yeah. And, and yeah, he, and he, he said that, I asked him how he was doing. This was like three or four days after. And he said, I feel like I've been in a worship service. I feel like I'm just so close to God that I'm just constantly worshiping him. Yeah. So that's the, that's comfort beyond measure. I, th- I think there's another element here of enjoying God when he becomes, um, again, not constant because we're still wrestling with our flesh, but in those moments when he becomes our greatest desire. Yeah, that of all the things I could be doing um, or that everybody else is doing, I just want to be alone with God. I just want to I just want to do his work. I just want to be in his word. I just want to be with him in prayer. I don't want to go watch TV. I don't want to go to this event. I don't want to go do this, that or the other. My great desire right now is to fellowship with God. Right. And that is another component or aspect of us enjoying him. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times I have a lot of things going on to occupy my mind. Yeah. And, and it's just keeping me busy. Yeah. And uh, sometimes we do that to the detriment of our spiritual walk. Yeah, yeah. So we're about out of time here. Let's wrap up where we are and where we've been. Okay. Which isn't very far into this discussion. But we have established... Actually, I don't think we've established anything. But here's what we wanted to get at. God created humanity. Yes. Out of his own pleasure, not out of necessity. Yes. Out of his own free will and pleasure. That's right. We didn't talk about how he he did it, which is probably something we should talk about. Uh, We didn't talk about the dangers of neglecting this understanding. And it's true. And all that entails, which is probably something we should talk about. But we just briefly mentioned God created us. He did so out of joy and out of pleasure, out of his own desires, his own delight. And the reason is, the purpose is, so that we would glorify him. Yes. By being mindful of his glory and obeying him and serving him. Uh, but also that we would enjoy him and our enjoyment of him would glorify him. I want to say one more thing about the glory of God. Okay. Um, 
I think it's it's healthy and good for us to recognize that when we talk about glorifying God, we're not talking about adding more glory to Him. You can't do that. Right. We're not talking about adding more glory. We're not talking about adding more prestige. We're not talking about adding more honor or whatever word you want to plug in there. Re- really what we mean is we're revealing the glory of God. We're, we're understanding it better or we're laying it out. We're, we're experiencing it. We're beholding it. So when you and I right. say we're glorifying God, really what we mean by that is we're exposing what is already there. The beauty and the wonder and the splendor and the majesty and the holiness of God. Well, I think there's also an element of him opening our minds up to where we can yeah. understand it better and better and more completely. Yeah. But the goal is that we would we would make that aware or display that glory that's already existent in God. We would make that more available or more obvious to those around us, to ourselves, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's I, I, I wanted to just clarify what we mean when we say that we're created for the glory of God. God isn't more glorious because, because we're here, we're here <laughs> yeah. or because we give him glory, quote unquote. But God's glory is revealed in the creating of humanity. And it's revealed when we honor him, obey him, enjoy him, etc. Right, right. So, listener out there, you have been created by a God on purpose and deliberately and out of his pleasure to create and part of your purpose for existing, your reasoning for existing, is to reveal that glory of God and to enjoy Him personally. And you can only do that through Christ. That's true. You can only do that if you've been reconciled with God. Uh, as Paul says in Second Corinthians 5, you can only do that if uh, Romans, I believe, five one, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You have to have your sin pardoned. You have to be reconciled in relationship to God through Jesus. And then you can enjoy in a personal way the person of God. And that's where you begin to bring him glory. Amen. To fulfill your purpose as a creature of God. So if the, if a person is not at that point. Yeah, the Bible says you're still under condemnation. But they can change that. By turning from their sin and placing their faith in Jesus. That's right. Trusting in Him for salvation, asking God to forgive you in Christ and to keep you in Christ. Yeah. Amen. Maybe there's someone or two or three that might be hearing this that don't know Jesus as Savior, don't realize they even have a need to be saved. Yeah. Uh, But that's why He came to earth. Yeah. He did a lot of things, but that was the primary purpose save humanity yeah and we'll get into that when we talk about uh the fall and things like that but that's the bedrock i mean we can't glorify god and we can't enjoy him forever we can't do those two things which go hand in hand if we're not first reconciled to god through christ right so well we would love to hear from you especially if you have questions about being reconciled to god through christ uh you can reach out to us at our website doctrine doxology.com 
uh, all one word, doctrinedoxology.com. You can fill out the contact us form. You can also find links there to our social media sites, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. If you already follow us on those pages and you already like us there, you can leave comments, send us direct messages, uh, anything of that nature. We would love to connect with you and hear from you. We would also love for you to prayerfully consider, if you would, giving to our ministry uh, here at the end of the year. I know sometimes people save up some of their charitable giving for end-of-year giving. Uh, and if you're looking for a place where you might be able to invest some money for the kingdom causes of Christ, I hope you would consider us. Uh, all the money that we take in goes to support our pastor's cohort, which is an avenue for us to uh, get books and sound material and resources into the hands of pastors while also encouraging them uh, through fellowship and interaction and so on and so forth. And so you can find out more about that also at DoctrineDoxology.com. Amen. Amen. It's been a good it's been a good study. And I look forward to the upcoming series. Amen. Let me pray. Father, we do come to you this morning, this afternoon, uh, thankful and grateful because you open your arms to us, invite us into your very presence. And through your Son and his righteousness, we're allowed to come into your presence, make our request, pour out thanksgiving because you are so good to us. Please uh, help us to have a closer and closer walk with you every day and help us always to be ready to share that great love you've given us with the lost around us. Be glorified in all things. In Jesus' name, amen.